0: Hello everybody and welcome again to Spiritual Perspectives on Hot Topics, Part 4. Is abortion related to climate change? I'm here with Mark Myers again and we're continuing to present a spiritual perspective on some of the current issues we're facing today. The first three episodes on Hot Topics has really prepared the foundation for what we're discussing today, so I invite you to listen to them if you've not already done so. We've talked about how satanic worship and practices are a foundation for much of the evil that is appearing in the world right now. Now again, to be clear, we know that in the ultimate sense, evil is not real. All comes from one source, one God. But in the physical realm, where we have been given free will and have dominion, evil, as the cutting off of oneself from the God within, leaves no other chance of survival for the individual who does this, than to steal light from those who have it. So this is evil. Satanic worship and rituals call up those spirits who have done just that. And those that need to perpetuate their existence by the shedding of blood, whether it be in murders, wars, abortion, or the misuse of the creative force in sexual perversions. We shared more on this in the previous episodes of this series. So let's continue on the subject of abortion.
1: Hi, Nancy. Glad to be here today. It's always a pleasure. Um, I think we last time we covered this idea of abortion as a satanic ritual, that the soul has a plan and it's aborted, the life is aborted, but also that there is a spiritual perspective. And I think this is what we wanted to get into today, isn't it?
0: Yes, exactly. We want to give a little more of the spiritual perspective, some understanding for what the ascended masters say about abortion. Some of the beliefs about abortion, especially among uh, those who believe in reincarnation, whether it be New Age people or uh, people in the East, some who believe in reincarnation say that abortion must not be wrong because the aborted soul can always come back in another body.
1: Okay, well, let me comment on that for a second, because I think we have some misconceptions about certain things, because somehow they may have an element of truth or a grain of truth, and they seem like it might be something that's real. But when we look at the higher perspective and the higher spiritual laws, we'll start to see, Nancy, I think that, you know, from the Ascended Master viewpoint, from a higher, uh, if you like the word higher perspective, a more spiritual perspective, Mm -hmm. you know, that this is not the case.
0: Exactly. And another thought that goes forth is that a soul may choose to experience life in the womb for a few months, and then return to the spirit world after being ejected from the womb through an abortion. So this point of view says that abortion doesn't harm the soul, but gives her an opportunity to return in another body under more ideal circumstances, such as being wanted instead of unwanted. But the Ascended Masters have some counter-arguments to those points.
1: Well, I I think first, before we start with the Ascended Masters, I think we have this concept that there's, I don't know, it's a disassociation that we have. Like somehow the soul is separate from the conception and the body and all that. Well, this is not the case. Everything is interwoven. So the soul comes and goes during those nine months, but it feels pain. So we need to start to look at this from ascended master perspective so let's take a look at the idea that a baby will always have another chance and that a soul chooses her experiences denies the lot of karma we've been given free will certainly but you know where we exercise that free will and how does what does that have to do with life do you have a comment on that nancy
0: Well, we've created the karmic circumstances that dictate our return into a specific body at a specific time and place and through specific parents. Thus, we can't choose to enter life when and where we feel like it. It is all dictated by a higher plan. And if if souls could choose their bodies, wouldn't most of us choose to be brilliant, beautiful, and wealthy? (laughs) so you know thereby therefore i mean why isn't everybody brilliant beautiful and wealthy Mm -hmm. so we do know yes the soul does have a, a plan and agree to that plan but it is dictated by the karmic condition of that soul
1: yeah i'll comment on that i think we have to look at this now because we have a certain idea that maybe there's a lot more randomness to things that that there really is now there is randomness obviously, but the whole thing about coming into incarnation, there's a whole plan, and you prepare ahead of time. You're guided by higher spiritual beings. You come into embodiment, and you've been tutored in what you need to accomplish in that embodiment. So I think we need to look at this as being a more set type of situation. And I love the comment, you know, that uh, we'd all be rich, you know, <laughs> if we're coming in, because think about that for a moment, you know. I mean, certainly we would choose to be rich but at the same time is that going to help us to fulfill what we need to fulfill maybe not look at how many hollywood stars and you know rock stars have everything so to speak materially physically money and all this wealth and fame and everything and what do they do with it sometimes huh
0: right exactly so some new agers also some you know new age beliefs say that abortion does not kill the fetus since the true nature of every individual is a light essence that has no form and can't be destroyed. And we do know that, that, you know, that is true. We are of the light and, you know, we can't be destroyed. But if that were so in this physical octave, we would be obliged to condone murder because a person is energy and energy can't be destroyed. So we just can't take Newton's law that says that energy is neither created nor destroyed and apply it to a fetus in the womb.
1: Well I think we need to remember something that we're here and evolving and you know as a psychologist knows the subconscious records everything but even at a higher level there's a concept known as akasha akasha is where everything is recorded. So these things are recorded you have a trauma it's recorded in your you know your lower body so the soul is feeling this pain it's certainly going to affect that soul at some level, even though they may consider it to be immortal or a mortal part of us. But that pain is there. It's going to affect our future trajectory. So think about that.
0: Well, absolutely. Because as we, I think we even talked about in the last session, that an individual soul who experiences an abortion, which it's, it's literally a death, When they do, if they do get to reincarnate, they have that record then to overcome. And especially if they're being born to the same parents, when that arrangement is available again, they may have greater resentment and greater karma between the two individuals.
1: Yeah, so in a sense, it's a double whammy. You know, the first time around you had a certain plan, but now you're coming back maybe to the same family the second time around, but you're you're carrying this burden, this record, this resentment, possibly. The soul doesn't forget anything. It's a very sensitive body. So I think these are important spiritual perspectives that we have to consider.
0: There are many arguments that people do put forward, but the, the masters are pretty clear. Uh, another argument is that the soul's not in the body during gestation. In fact... One new age authority on the subject teaches that the newborn child has a period of up to a year after birth to decide whether or not to commingle itself with matter. Consequently, those who hear this conclude erroneously that there's nothing wrong with abortion.
1: Well, think about this for a moment. The ascended masters have taught on this, of course. And, you know, I I consider that to be, in my world, the ultimate authority that the soul comes and goes during those nine months. But think about it even from a more, you know, material perspective. What sense? So the soul is just up there waiting until going to be born? No, the soul comes. Mothers have reported having the the soul of that child in their aura during that. They talk to the, to the fetus while they're in the womb. They play music to it. All these things are incorporated in the soul's experience. So that soul is coming and going. It may not be completely anchored yet until that point of conception, but the soul is there and it's experiencing things. Think about this. Very important.
0: Well, I think even medically now, they say that the baby feels pain.
1: Yes, absolutely. In the womb. Absolutely.
0: So there's no question about that. This argument about that the child has up to a year to decide if they want to commingle with matter, it's really the fundamental lie that we have today. We're not just removing a potential body when an abortion takes place. We're aborting a life and a destiny that is set by Almighty God. A soul cannot simply hop into another body anytime she pleases.
1: Well, I think we've talked about that, that there's a certain um, precision with karma and how this all handles... But now we're kind of moving from one group of individuals to another. There may be an intersection between New Age and pro-choice, but there's certainly a whole other movement with this pro-choice that has certainly been encouraged by satanic forces to think that you know it's just a blob, a piece of tissue, whatever you want, and that you can just remove this at any time that you want. But the soul itself is being damaged. Souls are hurt. So this, there's a very spiritual component here that I think we need to consider.
0: And we have to ask ourselves, at what stage of physical and spiritual evolution do we draw the line? Can we ever say that anyone is subject to termination because he's not realized his full human or divine potential? Do we have to be a full-blown Christ or Buddha to be guaranteed our constitutional right to life?
1: Well, that has also has a very, uh, a very physical slippery slope there. I mean, where, then where do you draw the line? Then no one is, you know, uh, safe from who, someone making that decision, right?
0: Right, exactly. And, you know, if we look back at our legislation when Roe v. Wade was established, those supporting it said it should be legal, safe, and rare. But this is not proven to be true. In fact, some use abortion as birth control. The prevailing thought is that a woman should have a right to control her own body and choose whether or not to have a child, which, of course, we and the Ascended Masters definitely agree with. But that right to choose and control her own body should be made before conception. And there's many methods of birth control, and abortion, which is killing another human being, isn't is really not one of them.
1: Very a very crude method of. Um... Birth control, for sure.
0: Absolutely. So, let's look at, is there a relationship between abortion and climate change? This is an interesting topic, but let's first look at climate change in general. The Earth climate has changed all throughout history. Just in the last 650,000 years, there have been seven cycles of glacial advance and retreat, with the abrupt end of the last ice age about 7,000 years ago which marked the beginning of the modern climate era. Now, most of these climate changes are attributed to very small variation in Earth's orbit that change the amount of solar energy our planet receives. Now, with that aside, let's consider the broader spiritual understanding first of elemental life.
1: Yes. Well, there's different kingdoms of life. We tend to think of ourselves in the, um, you know, the sons of God range. You know, that's that's a lot of us coming into embodiment. We have angels, and we also have Elohim, and under the Elohim which are the builders of form and builders of the material universe, we have elemental life. And elemental life are the ones that really are, tend our planet in many ways. So we can't see them so easily, although some people have seen them. Gnomes have been seen in Scotland where they you know, had that, what is that, the, I can't think of the name of the colony they had there, and other ones where they work with these elementals to create grow vegetables to create things well this is elemental life they're the tenders of our planet
0: and they embody nature the elemental life they embody the trees the grass the flowers they embody the air the water all of the four elements and fire so they you know all is alive all is of god all comes from god Even the stones, you know, and science demonstrates this, especially the new quantum physics. Everything's energy can neither be created nor destroyed. It just changes forms. These elementals, we have in the past, we've actually held our seminars and and events. And we've had people go out and commune with a tree and talk to that tree. And have communication, and it's very powerful and profound when you really open yourself up. And historically, you could think of Saint Francis of Assisi, who, you know, worked with the animals and was able to uh, have wild animals come up to him and, and safely, and such. The elemental life is an important aspect of understanding this spiritual component.
1: And some of these elementals are very advanced, very highly evolved spiritual beings. So when you go to a tree that's several hundred years old or more, you know, and you hug it or you commune with it or whatever, you're communing with a very advanced elemental. Every part of nature, every part of creation has elementals tending it, whether it be the mountains, whether it be the flowers, whether it be animals, whether it be whatever it is, these elementals are there. And they're the ones that are really bearing the burden of this, you know, what we're talking about, Uh, toxicity on the planet and all the pollution and the plastics and all the other toxic they're trying desperately to assist us in keeping our planet um, so that it doesn't spin out of control if i can say it that way
0: yes and and you can think about your pets dogs cats how intelligent some of them are and they're just little elementals that are working with us so it's, it's great to have this understanding Let's look at the broader spiritual perspective of elemental life, like you brought up the plastic in the oceans, but also our negative use of energy, whether it's individual or collectively, whether it's anger and hatred to, all the way to violence and wars on the planet, this too affects elemental life. We have to ask ourselves, how does karma work in this regard?
1: Well, karma is simply... The consequences of our actions. All actions have consequences. We can send forth love and positive energy. That has a consequence, which is a good karma. We have can send forth hatred, and uh, we can hurl all kinds of negative energy and misqualified substance, and that also has a consequence. But many times, the elements around us are bearing the consequence of all our collective, you might call it a mass consciousness amongst the negativity of mankind. Elemental life are bearing a big part of this burden, if that's what you're getting to.
0: Right. Exactly. Let's look at what a few of the Ascended Masters have to say about this whole issue. One of the Ascended Masters, and we quoted in our last episode, said, And I tell you on this very subject of abortion, that storms, the weather, the flooding, the fire, the calamities of nature are given to this nation conceived under God to awaken them, to awaken them that they may not abort their children. And so long as they continue to abort their children, these calamities will come. Stop abortion or lose the nation and the nations. Now, those are very powerful words. So we know we have a heavy karma for legalizing abortion. It's where where it's government-sponsored and taxpayer-funded this is a a very heavy karma that the nation has
1: well the the ascended masters here are drawing a very str- a connection so we may not have this association how does climate and you know or these earth changes or these adverse natural disasters how is that related to abortion well now i think we can see the line of connection we are destroying life we're not revering life so life is coming back upon us and showing us trying not to not for the purpose of um retribution or whatever you would call it, retaliation. It's for the purpose of awakening us, giving us a greater awareness. So you can see this connection now from this quote. I I think it's an amazing um, awareness to have.
0: Right, and and it is a direct result of what you put out, you get back. Abortion is a destruction of a life, and there is karma with that. Individually, where an individual who has an abortion may have to reembody and might be that person's, that soul's child or that, you know, in some relationship where you have to give life, you have to balance that karma somehow.
1: I just want to interject, though, that karma from perspective is not a retribution, like I was saying before. I think we have to look at it as an attempt to awaken us to some level, to show us a certain lesson in life that we're able to overcome that lesson. It's not that we're being punished in some way. So I think it's an important awareness to keep in mind.
0: Sure. And the masters also say that abortion is a satanic right. It is the shedding of blood. And by going down that route, it's opened the door to more seeds of unrest and increased murder and violence in the society in general. And, of course, we're talking now from a spiritual perspective, understanding, again, that the soul has a divine plan and karma to balance. And killing the body also contributes to destroying the soul and placing great burden upon the soul
1: well, we started to talk a little bit about this last time that all these acts of um, satanic rituals are are thrust upon us in kind of an unawareness. I mean you know most people may not look at abortion as a satanic ritual or some of these other acts, but these acts create misqualified energy that opens the portals to lower realms where more of this misqualified energy can come through so almost one act creates more negativity because you're opening a negative portal to allow more to come in. So I think we need to look at this in our lives.
0: And the masters have said that abortion really is the crime of the centuries. And the masters also say that there is one exception to this rule. And that is in the case of the life of the mother. So you're really comparing then one life to another life. And in that case, they say that abortion is permissible spiritually.
1: Obviously. So, you know, we need we need to look at this because many people point to specific incidences where, you know, that abortion is warranted, you know, where maybe the baby is imperfect. It has a genetic defect like um, Down syndrome. So this is a reason. Or that the... Um, the mother was raped so you know this this is a reason to have an abortion well if we start to look at some of these things when these babies are born from rape victims or you know genetic downer syndrome a lot of times these bring great joy to the mother it's a great healing event so we need to start to shift our dial of our consciousness a little bit and look at really what's going on here
0: well i just shared on my facebook page a video Of a young woman who has Down syndrome, who has won, I can't remember exactly how many competitions in gymnastics, top performer. And she's doing excellently. How wonderful. It is. And don't forget, there's also the ability to give a child up for adoption. There are waiting lists in the United States for babies to be adopted.
1: That's right. And they, you know, it's a very high price. People are willing to pay tens of thousands or more of dollars. So the argument really falls apart when you start to think about that.
0: Yes, exactly. One of the masters said something very specific that I'll repeat the words verbatim. And that is, There's a grave karma upon this nation and all nations that have accepted the lie of the fallen angels and we'd add the satanic agenda, who have come to planet Earth. And we've talked about this in previous episodes about how the fallen angels are here and their influence. And they, the fallen angels, determined to do this by convincing woman that she has the right to privacy in her body and that this right supersedes her right and her duty before God to preserve life. So I think it's a very profound statement. And it continues. This is not a political issue. It's not a Catholic issue. It is the issue of life and the preservation of life. Abortion is the ultimate degradation of woman and the neutralization of her sensitivity to the things of God. When life ceases to be sacred, then all sins proceed therefrom. Abortion and maligning desecration, molestation, all of these things can unfold just from the lack of respect of life in the womb. And we see that, I think, through the years.
1: Yeah, I I absolutely agree with this. And I think that when we get to the bottom of, of all the virtues, that the sanctity of life, that the reverence that we have for life is the foundation of everything. If we don't revere life, if you don't revere the life of your pets or you don't care about them or other people or the life that's aborting in your womb. What does that say about us as a society?
0: Exactly. We can see with this understanding of elemental life and how they do bear the burden of our misuses, of our free will, of God's energy, that energy streams to us from our God presence 24-7, we can see how this karma affects the environment. Keep in mind, we're transitioning into a new age, and it's meant to be a golden age, where peace, prosperity, and fulfillment of each of our reasons for being is fulfilled. So we see at this time, the end of this age, into the next age, where all of these things are coming to the surface to be transmuted, for us to transcend these limitations that we have placed upon ourselves, and to balance any karma that we have individually, collectively as a nation and of course, as a planet. So let's look at one of the spiritual tools and spiritual solutions that we can work with to counteract this misuse of energy to help transmute and change it. Previously in a lesson, I did talk about the violet flame which is a frequency of energy and I did place a recording in the podcast where you can do these violet flame mantras but we also want to talk more about that today and do some mantras for you.
1: Well sometimes we might feel a bit helpless you know that here we've gone through all this information and this burden on elemental life and karma and all this well you know, the Ascended Masters are very practical. They have solutions for this. And one of the great solutions of the last century or more was the bringing forth of the violet flame. The violet flame is an as- aspect of the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit comes when we use the power of the spoken word of prayer to draw that violet flame down combined with visualization to see that violet flame around us. And that violet flame is like an eraser, a cosmic eraser. Think of how wonderful this is. You may have all these blots and spots in your in your physical bodies, your spiritual bodies, and this violet flame comes in and little by little it erases them out and eventually you end up a clean soul.
0: Yes, it's, it's an amazing dispensation that was brought to us by Saint Germain, and mystics and people who meditate, uh, masters over the centuries, have discovered this violet flame through their meditations, but it was never brought out into the general public to really understand what the violet flame can do. We know that the violet frequency is the shortest frequency on the color spectrum, and it literally, as you say, transmutes. Meaning, energy is locked into forms, whether it's our karma, karmic records, illnesses in the body, whatever. And the violet flame transmutes. It frees that energy so that it flows again. Remember, energy can't be destroyed or created, but it can be changed. And this is an amazing tool. So using the violet flame, like you say, in visualization and also in mantra and prayer is very, very powerful and important. And not just for ourselves, not just seeing ourselves only in this violet flame, but we can project the violet flame to the elemental life. We can project that violet flame into our governments, into our educational systems, into our families, our communities, anywhere.
1: This violet flame literally takes us from dark, or darkness into light it transforms those energies that have been locked into matrices of darkness that are weighing us down transforming them and allowing them to rise into our higher spiritual body where they're stored as the virtues and the gifts of god it
0: is the aspect of the holy spirit that is freedom and freedom because it is freeing energy let's Let's do a violet flame mantra so that everybody can join us. This is simple. It's, I am a being of violet fire. I am the purity God desires. I I am am a being of violet violet fire. fire. I I am am the purity God desires. desires. I am am a being of violet fire. fire. I am am the the purity purity God desires. desires. I I am am a a being of violet violet fire. fire. I I am am the the purity purity God desires. desires. Anytime you do a mantra, you want to visualize it. You want to feel it. You want to be in that presence of that energy.
1: And remember, there will also be a certain natural inclination as you repeat this over and over again. You can do it as many times as you want. And the natural inclination will be to speed it up a little bit and a little bit more. And the speeding up increases the vibration and the frequency of the energy and the uh, revolving of the spirals of that bioflame flame around you. So, you know, don't just give this once or twice. If you can give it a number of times for 10, 15 minutes a day, there are other mantras. And as that natural inclination to speed up, you'll be transmuting more substance.
0: Absolutely. And it is an amazing science when you start to bring it into your life each day. And you can call upon the law of forgiveness for any time you feel that you have misused God's energy. That is also an aspect of the violet flame. And this transmutation not only can transmute what's happening in this life, but with consistent use, it will go back even into previous lifetimes, and karma. So it's a wonderful, wonderful dispensation that we have been given and something we might want to take advantage of.
1: And and you've also posted some of these things certain places or done other um, podcasts on them, right? Right,
0: I believe it's in the seventh podcast, but uh, I will link back to it in this one so that everybody has access to that. Thank you again, Mark, for a great Session, it's been wonderful.
1: Pleasure to be here as always.
0: Coming up next week, we're going to look at the concept of the Father-Mother God and all the things that emanate from that. Until then, keep an open mind, a generous heart, and a powerful spirit. I'm Nancy Showalter, and you've been listening to Spirituality for the Politically Incorrect. Thank you for being with me today. And if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. And to follow more of my work, visit me at nancyshowalter.com.